Hi, this is Austin Parsons, pitmaster with Smoky Mountain Q in Nashville, Tennessee, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you want? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet before wiener. Listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. Just like that, we are into the second hour. I fear I've done something terribly wrong here. So I have to break format and look like a complete dope. Bear with me here. Hey, Kevin. Hey, yeah. Uh, I fear I have sent you the link that Chuck should be using, hence Chuck Blount underneath you. So could I, okay. uh, could I, can you dump out of this and then I can send you the correct link? You bet. You bet. Fabulous. Thank you. And we'll yep. see you here in yep. just a little bit. That's Kevin Sandridge from the Barbecue Beat, everybody. <laughs> I think to myself, look how great I was for getting ahead of the game. And then I don't realize why I sent the links to the respective guests that I actually sent. I was one off. So now I have to talk to you and fill time at the same time, write emails to both uh, Kevin, give him a link that is different from the one he had because I fear that he would be keeping the gate closed for Chuck to get in here. Although I haven't heard from Chuck at all today on any of the other stuff that we're going to be talking about. By the way, you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about barbecue and grilling related stuff, which is fun. It's a live show Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. It is also being recorded for podcast posterity and eternity. So if you miss the show live at any point, you can just subscribe to the show's podcast feed on any podcast platform and you can listen to the show at your leisure. Still to come on the show tonight, as you might guess, Chuck Blount from the San Antonio Express News. And then closing the show from the bullpen tonight is Kevin Sandridge from the Barbecue Beat Podcast, recapping the Memphis in May time that he had when he was down there in person this past weekend. You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and Snapchat, slash BBQ Central Show, Facebook and Twitch for live video feeds, also slash R.D. Rempe on YouTube for a live video feed. Also, you can go on Clubhouse and listen to me audibly if you would rather not see me. Tim Shear appeared via the Clubhouse as a guest this evening. And you can also get an ad-free podcast feed experience through Apple Podcasts and only Apple Podcasts at this point. So if you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts uh, right in that show, 
you can see a little banner that you can click on and subscribe to the ad-free experience if you so choose. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this coming Friday, episode 229, taking you back to May 17th, 2011. And this week, John features Fred Gross, founder of Mojo Bricks. Are you one of the folks that have tried Mojo Bricks before? Now out many, many years, a very popular smoking wood product. Fred does have a tie here to Bomb City USA as well. In this interview, we got some background on Fred, how we got into the wood smoke business, and then, of course, why his products were different than what's existing in the market back then in 2011 and are still different than anything else on the market. And yes, if you're wondering, the business is still going and you can still order right now. There appears to be some kind of Memorial Day special going on their website. 25% off going on until maybe the 25th or something along these lines. However, and I will state this when the show or when the show, when the company was originally founded, hence the name Mojo Bricks, these were, you know, how pellets are compressed wood, uh, compressed sawdust, and then extruded. Fred made a product that was sawdust and then compressed, but it was a brick. Bigger than a mason brick, smaller than a cylinder block, but somewhere in between there. And this thing was compressed. It was dense as hell. It was hard as hell to get lit originally. That's why when I was using it in my offset cookers, I would throw charcoal, get a regular wood fire, really build up that coal bed. And then every so often I would supplement a mojo brick in there. That thing would burn for hours. And it gave you a great smoke. And that was the flagship product, the brick, Mojo Brick, right? However, it does not appear that the flagship original product is available anymore on the website. I see Barbie Cubes, but they are not bricks. They're much smaller, looking like cubes. But anyway, good original segment and a great best moment show. Hope you enjoy that this coming Friday. And as always, if you want to hear a past guest or segment again, that's been lost in the show archives. Email John and let him know what you would like to hear. J-O-N at thebbqcentralshow.com and he will do his best to meet your expectation on the show. You are requesting upcoming shows here on the Barbecue Central Show for the remainder of the month. We are looking forward in two weeks' time to having somebody from Next Grill talk about their line of cookers and grills and flat tops. And what they're bringing to the consumer market. We'll also have a visit on that same show with Derek Riches. Also on that same show, the return of Oklahoma Joe Davidson, Hall of Famer. And we hope to have a future interview, not only from the guy that Mr. Jonathan had referenced last hour, Nick Kutro. We're not going to be talking near as much cigar with Nick as we just are going to be talking about flavor, palate development, tastes, aromas being able to pull out different flavor profiles when you're eating stuff and potentially also promoting his pro palate program. So we're working on putting a whole hour together with Nick, but we're also hoping to set up a future interview with a guy named Eric from Pimp My Grill. The website is pimpmygrill.com. This is somebody who works, I think he still works for Green Mountain Grill. He said, I'm trying to remember off of, uh, well, I'm trying to go off of memory here from a few days ago. 
but he's got a really interesting line of accessories, mostly dedicated to the Green Mountain Grill products because he's either has worked there or does continue to work there. So he's exposed to a lot of Green Mountain Grill products and has made a side business of making accessories. So if you know the smokestack that goes on the Green Mountain Grill, it's got that little twirl in uh, rain cap, uh, untwirl that, and he's got these big uh, tractor trailer smokestack, chrome, and also uh, black in color. Stick it right on there. That makes it look unique. He also has a internal racking system, which is currently on pre-order, or there, there might be like a version 2 that he's working on. So instead of just using the main cooking grates that you would find on these uh, within the internal structure of the Green Mountain Grill, you would uh, secure something. You don't have to drill through it. I mean, if you would have had to drill through it, that would have threw me off the website in one second. But you don't have to drill through it, which is nice. And uh, you now have pull-out shelves like you would find in an offset smoker, which was really interesting. So I touched base with him, told him I'd love to have him on the show, I'll promote the product, talk about how he got started, all that fun stuff. So be on a lookout for a future interview from Eric with Pimp My Grill. That'll be very interesting. Also, make a note of this date one week from tomorrow, May 25th, Wednesday, May 25th at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. There will be another exclusive show on that Wednesday where Emily Park from the American Royal and I will announce the Barbecue Hall of Fame class of 2022. If you watch the show last Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, of the nine finalists last week, you know now that unlike years past where three people were going in, now four people are going in the living portion of the Barbecue Hall of Fame and not two people, but three people will be going into the legacy side of the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And there is also an added award that will be given out this year that has never been done. This is called an impact award. This is something that's going to be given to a group or a group of people that has impacted the live fire or barbecue and grilling community. However, they are not going into the Hall of Fame, but it is an award that recognizes their achievement nonetheless. Again, the show will start next Wednesday, a week from tomorrow on the 25th, 3 p.m. Eastern. Again, exclusive. Hopefully, nobody gets loose and tells anybody anything before they're supposed to. So follow me on social or stay tuned to this show for further updates. But otherwise, mark your calendar for a week from tomorrow, the 25th of May at 3 p.m. Eastern, where we will announce who makes up the 2022 Barbecue Hall of Fame class. Looking forward to that. Also, I do want to mention this. A number of you touching base with me through Instagram. As you were watching my stories over the weekend, I put a Green Mountain Grill together. Also put an Oklahoma Joe Grill together. A lot of you want to know about the Oklahoma Joe burning. These things are technical beings. I got it put together right. When I fired it up, I got an error code. So out of the box, it's not working. But again, when you're putting technology on grills, these things happen. Maybe something broke loose in transport. I don't know. But we are resolving that through customer service right now. And I have really nothing to say other than it looks great put together. I can't use it right now. And we are working through that. So once I have further feedback, I'll let you know. And I will obviously video that burn-in as it goes. So that's what's happening with the OKJ at this point. All right, let me talk to you quickly about 
Sterling Big Papa Ball, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue over at Big Papa Smokers, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies, getting you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Known for the championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard, also owning and selling Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everybody's palate, why not give Granny's Sauce a try? Great all by itself. Also great as a base sauce that you can then trick out however you see fit. You choose or do both. Aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers also offers the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not sure of what grill you need? You really can't go wrong with anything they're selling on BigPapaSmokers.com. If you have any questions, call them and ask 877-828-0727 or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers. Com. We are back with Chuck Blount right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show, presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or you're a professional, you definitely want to add this cooker to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Working on an interview with Noah Glanville as we speak, by the way. So stay tuned for that. Leading off the second hour tonight is the barbecue and food writer for the San Antonio Express News. We met him for the first time a few months back, and I'm happy to have him on again this evening. Doing me a favor as a guest had to back out at the last minute. But we have some very interesting topics to talk about tonight. So let's race to the Oklahoma Joe's Ryder DLX Pellet Grill Hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Chuck Blount. Hey, Chuck. We were going to talk about best of list. We're probably not going to get to that here this evening. But I wanted to ask you a, a bit about a trend that you have spotted in Texas and attempt yes. to break it down a bit. That uh, Texas barbecue, by most accounts, king of kings. And many people getting into live fire aspire to cook some form of really great Texas-style meat. That being said, you're starting to see the emergence of the burger working its way onto the menu at a number of barbecue places. What are you attributing this trend to, and when did you start tracking it? A couple of things. I think, number one, I think um, barbecue restaurants in Texas are trying to find ways to you know, bring in a different audience and things like that. Now, a few, a, you know, a couple of years ago, I would say that the burger universe and the barbecue universe, it's like a, there's like a line where you, you can't really successfully cross into one or the other, but um, I've experimented with it myself and restaurants are doing it now too. And that smoked burgers are actually quite delicious. Uh, you know, they, they take on, you know, they'll take on that, that flavor that, 
you know, a brisket will or another piece of meat. And, and it's just, it's just a natural addition to put on your menus right now. And I can just think offhand of, I don't know, eight to 10 restaurants in the San Antonio area that, that have burgers on their menu now. And I'm going to keep a close eye on to it and to see if, if this is a trend that's going to keep continuing or, or not, but I've done it myself. It's, it's a great format for burgers. It's great flavor. And, uh, I see that. I see that glass ceiling kind of shattering mm-hmm. a little bit to where burgers, smoked burgers uh, are going to start entering the barbecue scene uh, a lot more than, than we expect. Do they I ever? Mean, heard, most places already have a flat top anyways or, or whatever. So I was going to say, do they ever hit any type of high heat to crust up the outside or is it smoked from start to finish? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they definitely, they, they'll put it on the smoker for, uh, you know, upwards of an hour or so. And, uh, and then, yeah, they'll crisp it up on, on the flat top and then serve it to you with the, you know, the, you know, the, your cheddar cheese and what other, other accoutrements you got. I mean, but, but burgers are definitely, and I don't, I don't even know. Um, I don't know if this is something that is to be applauded or not, but it's, it's a definite trend. Burgers are coming into the barbecue world and, it's not like they take a lot of space either. I mean, you could smoke up 20 burgers and, um, you know, if you sell them, you sell them. If you don't, you're not out the price point you are now mm-hmm. that you are if you have a couple leftover briskets, you know, when you're pit uh, at the price points they're at. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it. And I, I, I'd be curious to see more around the country if, if, if it's like that. But it's definitely going, going that way in Texas. Yes. Chuck, as somebody who goes to places to evaluate or give opinion on a write-up, how does adding a burger affect your evaluation of a barbecue restaurant? Um, not not a lot yet. Um, I'm still like, if I'm there to review the barbecue, I'm there to review the barbecue. And I'm still really not quite, I haven't quite crossed over into adding burgers into the mix. But it, I do have an appreciation for any place that, you know, tr- wants to try something a little bit different. I mean, there's some places here that, you know, they'll do, you know, smoked sirloin steaks and smoked pork chops and things like that. Something that's just a little bit different that, that because, w- w- I mean, we got to be honest. I mean, um, there's so many new barbecue places that are opening up. You have to find something that makes you stand out. I mean, you know, uh, pork ribs, brisket, sausage, uh, pulled pork, turkey, potato salad, green beans, all that stuff. You know, that's all great. Those are staples, but what makes you different from the guy down the street, you know? So I think, I think that's kind of, I think we're, where we're kind of going right now. Isn't that what's wrong though? Like if you make those staples really well, that should be enough. You shouldn't have to feel pressure that now you have to add a burger or uh, the, the best barbecue in Cleveland has a smoked meatloaf on the menu, which probably should be on every barbecue menus uh, or on every barbecue restaurant's menu is smoked meatloaf. It's delicious. Similar, obviously, concept in burger when you're smoking it because chopped meat just takes on smoke so well. Um, But why should there be a pressure to to keep changing or evolving if what people really want are those staples being cooked to a very high level? I mean, that's a great question. It's just a, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, food is in a constant state of evolution. I mean, like, you know, back in, uh, you know, way back in the day, I mean, everybody was smoking with the exact same woods, 
you know, your oak woods, your mesquite woods here in Texas. And now people are bridging into, you know, uh, you know, pecan mixes, you know, different other types of woods, things like that. And then it's just natural to, you know, like, like right now, I mean, one of the best barbecue restaurants in Texas has a Sunday brunch, you know, where they're cooking, you know, Wavis Rancheros with brisket and, you know, just adding different little elements that incorporate the barbecue and the barbecue flavors, the barbecue tastes. They're just putting it into, into a little bit different uh, formats that, that give you options. Do you need to do it? No. I mean, if you make the greatest brisket or the greatest ribs or make the best sausage or whatever, you, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I can kind of understand the way of, you know, kind of pushing the needle a little bit and, you know, ex, you know expanding what the possibilities are. Um, I mean, we all like smoked meat. I mean, that's why we're here. And, and um, there's no doubt that, I mean, that adds flavor to almost everything. I mean, we're seeing what smoked macaroni and cheese, smoked... I mean, I mean, smoked potato salad. I mean, everything's. I've I've even seen smoked hard boiled eggs. You know, yeah. that that have been offered on a menu and things like that. So I think it's that smoke flavor, and then figuring out and just experimenting. All right, what does my audience want to eat? What you know, what will they order? What what can maybe catch on and be the next big thing, and go with it. You know, so could this be a trend that you're seeing now uh, appear just as quickly disappear? Could we not see burgers on menus in six months? That's a great question. Um, again, I'm still in, in, I'm still in the back of my mind thinking that there's a line between being being a great burger restaurant and being a great barbecue restaurant. And you, I think you have to pick. I still think you have to pick one or the other. And if I go to a barbecue restaurant, uh, you know, I'm going there for the for the brisket and the ribs and, and all that stuff. The burger's more of something. I'm like, eh, let me give this a try or something like that. But if I really want a burger, I'm going to what's you know my favorite burger joints and mm. things like that it, to, to do it. But, but, I, but it is, I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried it, but man, smoke a burger at your house and, and you eat it and, and you're going to enjoy what you had, what you had. You're going to enjoy it. No we're, doubt. We're talking with Chuck Blount from the San Antonio express news, and you can follow him at Chuck underscore Blount on Twitter. Chuck, we're out of time. I apologize, but we will go ahead and reboot here sooner than later so we can actually talk about the main topic of the evening. But I appreciate you working through those technicalities so we can talk about burgers and appreciate your time. Thank you. Talk to you later. You got it. There he is. Chuck Blount right there. All guests appear via the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills Hotline. And that's what happens when we suffer... The technical issues, unfortunately, we burned a lot of time there. However, the good news of the day is I was able to eulogize Ray Basso that I think I was going to be able to do. We'll get to Kevin Sandridge here in just one moment. I'll talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers, designing and building all of their products right here in the States and building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service. That's the backbone of how they've built the company. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke-style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family. Honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America. From pellet grills to wood-fueled offset pits and charcoal grills, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit, and their team has developed their competition cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that's rooted in the handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values. 
American-made quality, endless flavor. Those are the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers, and you can find out more about those at YoderSmokers.com. That's YoderSmokers.com. Grab yours today and buy the one you like. Buy a pellet cooker, buy an offset, buy a charcoal grill, whatever you like. Thanks again to Chuck Blount for joining me, and we will be back with Kevin Sandridge from the Barbecue Beat. Stick around. We'll be right back. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, this portion brought to you by Smithfield. Head to smithfield.com right now for recipes as well as tips and tricks from well-known live fire cooks like Darren Worth, Jess Priles, and Charles Cridlin. Mouthwatering flavor, no artificial ingredients. Smithfield fresh pork is quite simply some of the finest pork money can buy and the trusted choice of top cooks for use at home and at competitions. Coming out of the bully tonight is the host of his own barbecue-related show entitled The Barbecue Beat. This past weekend, he was in Memphis tracking the goings-on from a journalistic and social media standpoint. So let's hear what the news was outside of the winners and we race the Oklahoma Joe's Rider DLX Pellet Grills Hotline, and welcome back, friend of the show, Kevin Sanders. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Greg. How are you? I was 100% right. I sent you the wrong link, and you were going to block Chuck out. However, what did we come to find out? Probably would have been better for you to block Chuck out. <laughs> Good night. Well, you know, uh, sound checks going forward. Lesson learned, and it's all on audio here for everybody to go back to. So before we get into the Memphis and May recap from your position, Kevin, what's new over at the Barbecue Beat Podcast? Uh, I have a new episode coming out this week featuring Mr. Adrian Miller, James Beard Award winner and author of Black Smoke, African Americans, and the United States of Barbecue. It's a great conversation. Uh, starts off, inter- interestingly enough, talking about his uh, not too distant past a trip to Ireland. So it's kind of fun to get the state of barbecue in Ireland from Adrian in that uh, episode as a little tasty tidbit to to launch it into the main interview. And then uh, going into summertime for me, uh, and I got a couple months off to travel and do some stuff. I'll be doing um, some barbecue tourism in the Charleston, South, South Carolina area, mm-hmm. possibly going out to Texas. And... Uh, Going up to Greenwood, South Carolina for the Festival of Discovery to yes. judge that event uh, in July. Is that the one that Barbecue uh, Barbecue News puts on? I I don't think so. I think it's put on by the city. Was that best of the, of the city? Was that of best of the best? Did Did Cal Phelps mm. put on best of the best back in the day? You remember best of the best? I think so. I think you might be right there. It's, it's not. All, it's not there anymore. I but saw, like that one was. <laughs> That you know that one, and I hate to go into the weeds, especially if people don't really know the the background of competition <laughs> barbecue. But you know there used to be a, a run of spectacular competitions back, like uh, oh, there were know, triple crowns. There yeah, were all kinds of cool deals. Yeah, best of the yeah. best was like billing themselves as okay. We get like all the top cooks from the Jack, and we get all the top cooks from the American Royal, and we get all the top cooks from. You know, any number of uh, different, and it was through sanctioning body. It didn't matter. It wasn't just KCBS or FBA or whatever. And they all would convene down at this best of the best. And I think it went on for like four years, and then eventually it lost steam and, and away it won. I think Cal put that on 
I wasn't mistaken. But yeah, those were uh, you know those were again the golden years of of competition barbecue, you know, late two thousands going into right. the twenty tens and things like this. So uh, let's talk a little bit about competition barbecue here. Last weekend, of course, was Memphis in May. I had fifty percent of the world championship blues hog team. Uh, Tim Shear, uh, Brad wasn't able to make it due to a family emergency. Uh, so we uh, hope everything's going well uh, with his situation there. But uh, hearing Tim talk about the win and all that went into it was incredible and kind of mind-boggling at the same time. But why do you go for Memphis and May? Are you going to cover for the website or for some other media outlet? What takes you there? Uh, for me, really, it's a it's a chance to... Uh, relax, have fun, connect with people, network with people who I normally just communicate with remotely. And uh, that was this trip. Um, I had some friends that were cooking the event and uh, was up there hanging out mainly with uh, Gentry's Barbecue. Um, uh, he was cooking with uh, Craig Tabor and uh, um, Ryan Kelchner. They were in the rib category. Not too bad. First time out, 23rd in ribs out of nearly 100-plus teams. So solid, solid effort. Um, but it was fun. It was a good time. Uh, different venue, as you know. Uh, so that, that uh, presented some, some, some good, some bad. Uh, you know, little comments here and there from most people were generally positive, though. Uh, you know, they liked... They like the experience. I was going to say, it uh, rained out. One of the, yeah, well, that's typically what happens at Memphis and May. They're, you know, one day, well, like, like they forced us into, <laughs> we had to evacuate, like the police, like made us like load into the Liberty Bowl. It was crazy. Wow. Uh, so, aside from the little snips here and there, was there any real complaining about moving location out of, uh, out of Lee Park there? I think most of it, honestly, was, uh, kind of sentimental um and vibey you know uh just the it's a different comp when it's not on the river mm. you know um mud or no many people more people than not said they'd rather be on the river even if it's wet uh and uh not the river the the mud um but uh we have a situation where things were a lot more spread out uh in the parking lot area you know if you were if you're a step counter you probably blew up your uh your, your whatever device you were using because it was it was it was vastly vastly uh different in setup you didn't have those nice little corridors where you kind of hit everyone all at once and just veer off a little bit and hit everybody else and yeah how did you see any other known podcasters covering the event for their particular show or anything like that not specifically covering i did come across uh sean ludwig with uh He's at, at NYC Barbecue with the Smoke Sheet. Yep. Uh, part of the team he has there with Ryan Cooper at Bar- Barbecue Tourists. Um, I saw Kel. He was there hanging out. Um, and uh, we chatted for a bit. I had some questions for him about where he thought NBBQA might be heading. And uh, his general feedback to me at the moment, and I'm not sure if he had been imbibing or not, but he was pretty <laughs> chill nonetheless. Um, and he just said, you know, more continuity, which I can respect. Okay. I'm not sure what that means exactly, but that's always a good thing, I guess. And uh, so I think it's just, you know, TBD a little bit. Do you have any thoughts on that whole thing? I mean, we didn't really have it on the agenda to talk about, but Barbecue News like captures I mean, MBBQA. It was kind of a trade yeah. organization that 
maybe over the last couple of years was floundering at best and he's yeah. taking it out of a nonprofit going to a for-profit which I certainly agree with he doesn't have to dick around with board members and weird terms and you know right. a lot of people wanting to get a lot of stuff done that never gets done so now he's the ultimate decision maker where do you see it in in a few years do you think it anybody's still going to care about it I, I think it's something people can care about um i i struggle as a, a, a podcasting person honestly to to find the value in it um personally and I, I hate to just put it that way but um i want to see value i want there to be something that really i i can look forward to getting some information out that i can use for what i do it it kind of comes across as a little bit of a old home week like it's a time for all the people the players to kind of get together and you know have some drinks and hang out and i mean they have their panels but again i i don't know that anything earth shattering is being shared or explored in those panels necessarily. Mm. I don't know how innovative they are necessarily. Um, I think that's, those are some things they, they might want to tighten up on really make things a draw like, Oh, like find out what the pulse is and like really hit some, some hot topics. And cause it's not an inexpensive trip, mm -hmm. you know, hotels for that event are usually pretty costly. And, you know, I, again, I, I want to look forward to it. I want to feel like I need to be there, but I, I just haven't been there in the past couple of years. Uh, let's get back to Memphis and May here. So from your point okay. of view, can you see the difference between the teams that are there to quote unquote win and the teams who are there to compete, but also host parties and have a good time? Yeah, I, I think something you'll find at, at, the, at this event, Memphis and May and other events as well. You, it ranges. Um, I think Chad Ward was known to say something like there are teams with, with their drinking teams with a barbecue problem, right? <laughs> um, they just like to hang out and, and have fun. And it's a big time for maybe companies to reward their maybe key clients or customers or what have you, employees. Um, there are definitely some teams there that are pretty buttoned up. You know, they're all about focus. I think that's something I actually saw from the jump with uh, Blues Hog, um, my early conversations with them. They just seemed, I mean, I, I've seen I've seen Tim do Tim right and have a really good time at mm -hmm. events and and he didn't seem like he was he was he wasn't he's never like super uptight but he was focused and Brad the same the whole time I saw them there there was really no uh, big huge disco ball party vibe like you might get with the, like the Swinos or another you know big party team out there. As you see, Blues Hog starting to make its path to the finals finaling at hog then winning it is there momentum building that these guys are actually going to be able to pull it off or was there a different feel amongst the crowd that it was going to be either heath or mark um i think anybody that knows anything about tim and brad know that if, if they get to where they can sniff the finish line they're, they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with um individually right whether it's tim with shake and make or brad with uh getting basted together i don't even know if it's fair honestly <laughs> i mean it's like a dream team really uh between the two of them I'm, I'm not sure there's a lot they haven't seen or dealt with on a oh crap what just happened triage standpoint they're just really good and so uh there was that 
I think, uh, you know, while I, I, I was, I was pulling for Heath, um, because it just ribs hasn't won that event, mm-hmm. you know, overall in so long. And, and just to have Heath, who's basically a Memphis product, right. Come into his hometown, his backyard and slay the crew with ribs all the way would have just been a Cinderella story, you know? And, uh, you know, it's one of those deals that that would have been great to see. Um, but yeah, and and then you know, sweet swine of mine. I mean, come on. I mean, multiple time world know, champ. Yeah, man. I mean, it really did boil down to the heavy hitters. So I don't think anyone that says they knew how it was going to turn out for sure is lying. Um, any of those teams deserved to take it all home, and it turned out to be Blues Hog. And congrats to them. So your opinion. Kevin, in any regard, and this is no disrespect to uh, Tim and Brad, is this a coup to some degree to have two KCBS cooks coming into Memphis, kicking in the door, and basically kicking the face in on many of the perennial world champ contenders, Chris Lilly, Myron Mixon, Melissa Cookston, uh, you know, Heath, Mark, then the list goes on. There, I think stereotypically, when you think of Memphis and May, you only really think there's a handful of these teams, and they're not uh, Tuffy Stone. I'm leaving out, of course. Um, well, a lot the of shed's them, usually right there. Yeah, the shed, yeah. of course. Um, so these are teams that you would see on a lot of other competition circuits doing it regularly. They, uh, some of them will hunt. I mean, Tuffy will cook a very small amount every year now, but he's a former KCBS team of the year winner. But some of these other guys are, you know, big game hunters or they only hunt here in Memphis and May and they've hunt hunted with success. Is it a, is it some kind of a look at what we did um, for the KCBS guys? Yeah, honestly, uh, I think so only because it was whole hog, right? Had they, had they been a shoulder or a rib team that took it all, I think maybe there would have been a, a little less of a, oh, snap factor. Because, again, look at what these guys do individually on their own. Um, you, I mean, look at how, how they did at the Jack this past year around. I mean, th- these are not teams that kind of came out of nowhere. Mm. And, again, you mentioned Tuffy. I, I would classify Tuffy, though he's done very well on big stages like the Royal and, and Memphis and May, I've always kind of seen him maybe more as a KCBS, you know, champion oh, overall. Yeah. Um, uh, so probably in the, in the respect that it was whole hog. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, at least one of the hogs they cooked were on those giant, no, both of them oversized gate, the both those gateways. There you go. And that was something that's, it's novel. It's different. And I think it's exciting. I think it kind of is a cool little boost of electricity, if you will, um, to the whole vibe. And uh, yeah, but but not from an ability standpoint. No, from a fact that it was a whole hog. Yeah, possibly. Kevin, last Wednesday, the nine finalists for the Barbecue Hall of Fame were announced exclusively here on the Barbecue Central. We've seen the list. You hopefully have seen the list. Which four of those nine are you putting in in no particular order? Uh, so I am going to go Steve Grady. Grady's Barbecue out of Dudley, North Carolina. I mean, 
goodness gracious, if you guys don't, don't know where Dudley is, it's south of Goldsboro, if that gives you any more of a geographic reference. Uh, they they started back in 1986. I, I did a quick search on the Google and uh, top songs from 1986. Uh, word Up by Cameo. Cameo. Yeah, I know every word. Um, it's the code and, word. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Higher Love by uh, Steve, Winwood. Steve Winwood. That's right. Um, so it just gives you an idea of how long they've been at it. Uh, and legit a whole hog, you know, old world, old school style, if you will, um, here in, in, in America. So well-deserved. Um, Flora Payne is the next. Uh, again, they even predate uh, Grady's. Go back to 1972 in Memphis. Um, I think she, her husband, and... Uh, I don't know if it was her or her husband's mother uh, founded or started Payne's Barbecue. I think she's the only living original person. And then her, I think it's her son and daughter, uh, she and her husband, their son and daughter, her husband passed away, um, are carrying on sort of the day-to-day operations now. So, I mean, how you could keep those two individuals out, given where we know we need to be focusing on from a look at the big picture standpoint, Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's not just let's give people some recognition because we maybe have it before. These are deserved individuals. Uh, Moving on, Joe Traeger, I mean, father of the modern pellet grill. How can you say no to that? I I don't think I need to say anything else. So, and then lastly, Darren, Um, I mean, he's the goat, the man, what you're looking at a five-time world champion. Um, It's just without question a, a smart move so those are my those would be my four for this time around steve grady floor Payne, joe traeger darren worth that's who kevin sandridge would be putting in to the hall of fame here uh grilling season of course finally here although you're in florida so grilling season is always season you want to do a, a little rapid fire situation here yeah let's do it all right here we go best charcoal brand Jealous Devil. These are all going to be right, by the way. So. Uh, best, <laughs> best pellet cooker. Uh, I'd go with the Yoder YS1500 on a comp cart. All right. Comp cart. Oh, like comp cart like that. Best offset cooker. Uh, that's going to be the Primitive Pit, uh, built by Jimmy Daniels out of Cold Mountain, Georgia. Like that. Big fan of Jimmy Daniels. Best barbecue sauce? I'm going to go with Swamp Boy's original barbecue sauce. Oh. I have to try that. I have to try that. Delicious. Tell Rob to send me some for crying out loud. Uh, best overall barbecue <laughs> rub? Uh, that's going to be Oak Ridge Dominator oh, Rib Rub. Oh, Oak Ridge. All right. Like that. Kevin, sauce on meat or sauce on side? I'm going to go with sauce on the side. Yes. Now, there is a right and wrong answer there. Luckily, you've done it right. Well, Kevin, look at you. Six questions up, six questions down. All right. You've done it. Congratulations, Kevin, with the barbecue beat. All right. Uh, So that's going to wrap us up. I always appreciate you jumping in here on the show, Kevin, giving us your thoughts about last weekend over at Memphis in May and then not wussing out on who you would put into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. A lot of people wussing out even just through emails and text messages, which really weakens my heart a little bit, but not you. You are <laughs> courageous, and that's what we like here on the show, courageousness. And uh, we'll look forward to the new episode coming out with Adrian Miller. Uh, Kevin, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing it. 
Thanks, Greg. You got it. There he is. That's All guests Kevin. appear via the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills Hotline. From the Barbecue Beat Podcast. Yes. You can subscribe to him on all of your podcast platforms. The Barbecue Beat. I'll talk to you quickly about Primo Grills before we call it an evening. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that they can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We also love that they can get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing from the everyday ceramic cookers? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking is very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire is... Uh, in a round ceramic cooker is not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter the Primo Grill and their oval changing or their game changing oval design. This shape gives you the ability to execute a two zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. And when you think about it, there's more than 60 different ways to cook on a Primo cooker, only limited by your culinary imagination. What do people love after they buy the grill? They love the accessories. So do you want a drip pan? They got it. Do you want a rib rack? They got it. Do you want a rib rack if it can hold like six full racks of ribs and then a whole chicken in the middle? They got it. How about a pizza oven insert? They got one of those. How about a Primo Grill rotisserie accessory? They have one of those. Plus, you can upgrade the lift hinge. Plus, you can upgrade the air dampers top and bottom. They got it all going on. Also, only sold through dealers. So find one near you. PrimoGrill.com is the website. Find a dealer near you, visit the dealer, and then pick the size that is best for you. The bottom line is this. Do they have the best ceramics in the biz? Yes. Do they have patented technology? Of course. Is there true two-zone cooking capabilities? Well, you know they do. I just told you all about it. They also have multiple sizes. And if you just have to have a round one, they have those as well. But I'm suggesting that you take a look at the oval. Break the mold. Be different. Everybody will love you for it. Visit primogrill.com for a dealer near you or check them out on Facebook and Instagram and follow them on Facebook and Instagram and other social media. Who's ready for a Primo? I'm ready for a Primo. That's primogrill.com. We'll wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. And we are back. You know, back in the day, watches were made to be worn on the pocket, not here on the wrist. But after World War II, the wristwatch came into vogue. Pocket watches quickly became an afterthought, finding their way into sock drawers and scrap heaps. Quite simply, a tragedy. Enter Vortic Watch Company, helping bridge the gap between America's storied watch manufacturing past and bringing it to the present day, where wristwatches are now finding incredible popularity once again. Here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortic makes is unique and one of a kind. Nobody will have a watch just like yours. Vortic found another model that America wasn't assembled. It was built. Check out VorticWatches.com for more information. And if you really like that whole Vortic watch vibe, they have a YouTube channel documenting their whole build out of the new facility. So go ahead and check them out. Subscribe on YouTube as well. All right, that's going to do it. All the way back in the first hour, who did we have? 
Tim Shear from Shake and Bake, but also half of the Blues Hog World Championship barbecue team that won the Memphis and May World Barbecue Championship this past weekend. A world champion in Hog, and that Hog World Champion carried them to the overall world championship as well. Great to catch up with Tim on that. Again, missed Brad, but we hope he's doing well with what he has going on. So we'll wish him well. Then after Tim, we talked with Mr. J, Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority Podcast. Talked about a lot of cigar-related issues right there. Had a little cigar lighter maintenance as well, which you can carry along and start using right today if you are a enjoyer of premium cigars. Second hour, a four to five minute stretch with Chuck Blounts, but we have technical issues. As you are hearing this in podcast, you will have not experienced any of the technical issues because it will have magically evaporated through the editing process. And then closing it out tonight with friend of show and the host of the Barbecue Beat podcast, Kevin Sandridge. You can find him over at bbqbeat.com. And once again, subscribe on all podcast platforms. It's barbecue related. He brings a unique style of interview and show. So go ahead and check him out and give him a subscribe. We got a big show planned for you next week. It is week four. What does week four mean? It means week two of American, I'm sorry, month two of American Idol Barbecue Central Show Edition. Myself, John Solberg, and Rusty Monson will be singing for your votes. The ladies will be in with their razors, edge evaluations, and first one to get booted out, Doug Shiding will be weighing in, along with lead singer of Three Years Hollow, Jose Urquiza, all expert judges ready to kick us in our respective teeth. Plus, we'll be having an interview with Derek Riches and Next Grill and a bunch of other folks. It's going to be great. So, how do I always leave you? September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. <laughs>